You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Christzilla, kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's how we start our first Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story. By two people who are by no means devout Christians going full evangelical right off the bat. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. Gotta swap out every once in a while. You told me we need to start branching out to get more demographics listening, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the previous ones did not turn them off. <laughs> I'm sure this is where we can rope them in. Talking about Krampus. <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, so And I said, folks, I said, the Lord said the sinners will be beset upon by the Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so I'm your host, Andy Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And today we're talking Krampus because it is... The Christmas special. It is. Uh, producer Jasper uh, took the holidays off for vacation time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's uh, with a poodle on the beaches of Aruba right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's a dog. <laughs> so Our human producer <laughs> romantically took a poodle <laughs> to the beaches of Aruba. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, so so yeah, today um we're talking about Krampus, but first we wanna wanna set the the Christmassy spirit here. Cause folks, we goofed and missed Godzilla's birthday. We did. We 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 sent him a gift in the mail, and like we we passed it off by oh you know Amazon delayed it by a couple days. Don't worry. Hey, dude. that's my move for my family when I miss a birthday. <laughs> I know it worked for him too. Yeah, he was like, all right, dudes, whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, cramp. I wonder if my family believes when I say that. They won't <laughs> now. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So before we talk about Krampus, we're going to talk about the Godzilla sixty seventh birthday special, fiftieth of Hedorah too. Yeah. Which is relevant because uh, Toho Studios released a five minute uh, Sudamation fight, uh, all new content. Uh, of a little short film of Godzilla and Hedorah having a rematch through a uh, factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, and it was a good, it was a good Sudamation fight. It was a good throwback to old Sudamation fight. So we wanted to talk about that a bit because Krampus isn't really a kaiju film in the slightest. <laughs> He's, and we know, we know, folks, that with our Attack on Titan miniseries. We have been missing out on some good old goji content. It's been a bit. So, yeah, so I discovered this first and then I sent it to you, Brandon. Yes. Uh, so what are your th- what were your thoughts overall on the 5-minute video? I thought it was really fun. I I do think that in some ways when we get to cuz I remember right, these suits were the same from Final Wars, yeah. right? I feel like one obviously when we get to Final Wars, it's going to look visually more appealing and stuff than this one does. Mm-hmm. But it still looks really fun. And I think... It did. You, you can notice the low budgetness a little bit with, like, having the miniatures in front of some of the fight. Yeah. But 
I thought it was ridiculously charming. And it was really cool to see, like, modern VFX on top of Suitmation model. It was. Like, Suitmation suits. Like, there's a scene where Hedora gets pushed into power lines with electricity hitting him. And when we first saw that back in, the, like, the 1971, yeah. it was really, you know, rotoscoped on top, like, the film. Yeah. But with the digital stuff, it looks really cool, like, pulsing through his, like, their body. Thing. The lightning looked better than the lightning in the No Way Home trailer. <laughs> Which you've already seen No Way Home, folks, by this point. It came out on the 17th. We have oh, yeah. not yet seen it. Nope. Uh, but in in the past, because you, you, you future folk. <laughs> but yeah, so I, when I'm watching it, it tricks me into thinking, hey, is Hedora my favorite Godzilla villain? And then I'm like, no, Angiris. Get your head out of the gutter, you moron. Angiris is better. I mean, I, I mean, Aguirre's is more of Godzilla's buddy at this point. He was he fought him point. once. Like 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 if you and me fought in kindergarten and yeah. we had all this friendship after that, you wouldn't call me your enemy, <laughs> okay. or would you? <laughs> I host this podcast with my mortal nemesis Brandon. <laughs> yeah, so. It was a fun little show. I really liked the goo, how gooey and gross it was on the miniatures. Oh, I liked the transition shot from full-size set to miniature. The first shot of it is where, like, a bunch of factory workers are running out of a factory. It pans down to a flower on the ground. Then some Hedora haze goes through, that stuff that kills all life when it hits it. And when the haze leaves, the flowers are dead, and it pans up, and... Hedora's there, and it's a per. It's a really brilliant transition of, you know, that's where the shot cuts during the haze, then cuts back to some haze dissipating on a new miniature set instead of a human-sized set. It was, it was clever. So yeah, it was a lot of really fun stuff to see, and it's it's up on YouTube. You can look it up. You can see yeah, it you right can now. Watch it now. Yeah, it, it's completely free up on there, and it looks really fun. It's a, yeah. And the the suit, I'm really excited to when we eventually get to. I think that's called the Millennium Era for Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, because the suit looks really. Uh, I can see how later ones they get more feline looking. Millennium's the only era we haven't touched yet, isn't it? I guess not, but I feel like I want to. Yeah, I do want us to finish the Heizai era. Oh, same. And then um, we'll get into the Millennium because. That'll be really exciting, though. But I do know that they're chronologically the films are connected in a way. Okay, and I the same wanna... way the high eyes are. I'm pretty sure the Millennium ones are too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we're we're covering those. We're covering those, and in not too long of a time, we we are covering the next high eye Godzilla film. It's yeah. gonna be like this. I think it's like you you made the schedule for uh, up until the uh, Attack on Titan uh, miniseries ends. So yes. Yeah, so uh, Mecha, yeah, the new Heizai era Godzilla film or episodes coming out in it's gonna be January, so that's gonna be our next like big full one discussion wise. So that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, until then, I've mapped it out pretty good for the rest of Attack on Titan season f- uh, up until we caught up, catch up. Yeah, but this is not Attack on Titan. Guys. It, it's not. This is Christmas time. I've got this a Santa is. hat on. But he does have a Santa hat on. Alright, so... So, get to the Christmassy mood of everything. So, great short. Check it out. Yeah. Um, I, let's... I wanted to 
just talk a little bit about three of our favorite Christmas movies. Before you go, can I guess? Okay. I want to guess what yours are. All right. I got them pulled up here. We have not not compared. Then I might guess what Nolan's are. I'm going that the list is going to be number three, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Mm -hmm. Number two, I'm going to say Elf. And I'm going to say number one is going to be Die Hard. I feel like you're a... Die Hard's a Christmas movie guy. You didn't get any of them. Really? Yeah, none of them. What are the three? So, I will say Elf. Elf is an honorable mention. Okay, you gave me an honorable mention. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say it because... um. Let me go over the three, right? I feel like Christmas movies are the kind of films that... Are very personalized. Okay. Like I, f- I think overall, you know, a lot of people's favorite movies are based on memories around it. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, one of my favorite movie watching experiences was The Force Awakens. I went outside the movie theater, got my buddies hyped up for it. Movie was good, but that experience was what made it really special, right? Yeah. I feel like with Christmas movies, that's particularly a thing, because you know you're hanging out with your family, you're sipping some cocoa, so. <laughs> One of, so one of my favorites is, I'll start with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is okay. one of my three. And the reason I was debating between that one and Elf, because they do hold similar places for me, where I watch them every year, I can recite like half the film <laughs> when I put it on, I'm like, yeah, I remember all this. And I feel like Elf and that movie and Christmas Vacation are very similar parts of my mind, okay. but I gotta go with Christmas Vacation because... The opening, the opening, like, Christmas vacation gets me every time. I'm like, fuck yes, let's go. And Elf's great too, but for this, for my scenario, Christmas vacation outranks a little bit. Because it's like, you know, about how your family drives you nuts and stuff. But it's all good in the end. You can do a little kidnapping. Great movie. Number two is going to be Klaus. Oh, Klaus is great. Klaus, Klaus is amazing. I feel like I had, I wanted to put this in because... You know, it's only been out for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Instant Christmas classic. Oh, yeah. My parents love Klaus. I showed yeah. him Klaus. Instant. If you don't know, Klaus is a 2D animated movie that came out a couple years ago. It's up on Netflix as the time of this recording. And it took years to make. It took, I think it was half a decade, if not more. It's also Norm MacDonald's final film role. Yeah, you're right, too, which is yeah. sad. Yeah. But he, he's great. And he's like the boat dock guy. Yeah. But the, the beauty... Klaus is one of the best-looking 2D movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, the fact that they hand-shaded everything to kind of get, like, more of a style approach to it, it looks fucking gorgeous. And lots of, like, big Disney animators back in the Disney Renaissance worked on it. It is a gorgeous film with, like, a, a beautiful message about, you know, uh, the meaning of Christmas and, like, bringing people together and everything. So I feel like, oh, that... That's going to be one of the greats for sure, and I love seeing it every time. So that's number, that's going to, not number list, that's another one. Um, the one that I have, um, probably the weakest of the three, about like on a normal level, for me is, number three is The Polar Express. And I know it's not the best movie. <laughs> I know it's not a great, fantastic film or anything. But there, like I said, a lot of it is tied into nostalgia and what you do with traditions. Like, my family and I, watch, I when, uh, when Grandma came over, we watched the Polar Express DVD for, like, every Christmas Eve 
like right before bed for like 13 years. <laughs> so at this point, it is all in my head. And I'm like, everything, every Christmas Eve, I got to watch it. You know, even though the CG has not held up as well as it as other movies. You hold your tongue. You hold your godforsaken <laughs> tongue. You know, it's... I thought you were going to shit on me because that's my number three, too. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Express, baby. So it's it's a really whimsical, fun movie. And I, I wonder, like I said, I think a lot of Christmas movies are associated with those nostalgic memories. And Polar Express is the strongest one for me with that. But Doug Walker doesn't like the Polar Express. How can it be good movie if Nostalgia Critic no like movie? <laughs> Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Alright, I gotta change mine. Uh, number number one's out. Number one's out. <laughs> you got me. You, so, you sold me. Alright. So now, Nolan, so we know what yours is Polar Express. So why is yours Polar We'll start with the connective tissue. Wait, I'm gonna guess, right? I'm trying to get you other two. Okay. Wait, I'm gonna guess Polar Express. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to say it's gonna be some, like, really out there one. Like, Miracle on 34th Street. And I think your third one is going to be Elf. No. Okay. We're both just completely wrong. So what do you got? Okay, so... Polar number Express. three is Polar Express, which... I... I'll be honest, that's mostly on there because I really like the hobo. It's got a good <laughs> hobo. Great hobo in there. Just don't look at the waiters' faces when they're they're dancing the hot chocolate song. Their expressions do not change. Listen, Spooky. on this podcast, we only have one rule, and it's that we never, ever let it cool, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only hot, hot takes on this. Listen, I like the devil hobo <laughs> who's trying to sow doubt about... Christmas? But he saves the conductor. He saved the conductor, Nolan. The hobo does save people, but he's also, like, giving creepy speeches about, <laughs> you don't want to be bamboozled. <laughs> I think he's a, he's a ghost. He's a mel- he's a <laughs> he's a true neutral spirit. <laughs> he, he'll may, he may talk to you about, ooh, ooh, maybe he may be on r slash atheism, but at the same time, if you're going to fall off a train and die, he will save you. <laughs> Alright, so number two. Yep. Is the sequel to a clap to what most people consider the actual classic. Okay. You know, based on that, okay, you know. It's okay, whoa, 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 whoa. So it's a sequel to a Christmas classic. Yeah. First letter. H. Eight? Home Alone 2? Lost in New York, baby! You can't It's on a grid system. It's. I know, I know, I know, I know there's a guest appearance by your favorite president, but that doesn't... No, 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 my favorite president is not Donald Ronald Donald Trump, okay? But he will always tell you where the lobby is. Listen, I grew up watching Home Alone 2 Lost in New York a lot more often. I don't think I've ever actually seen the actual Home Alone all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. I've never seen it all the way through, but you know what movie I've seen all the way through many, many times? Home Home Alone 2, baby! (laughs) Dang. I remember the scene where fucking he he throws a brick in one of the rocks. And like, that guy would be dead. (laughs) 
I saw it edited on Tim YouTube. Tim Curry is in the movie. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, better than the first for sure. All right, you know, man. Un- in the first one, as a little side note here, in the first one, um, my uncle's cousin is in Home Alone one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's the uh, the start of the movie where there's a power, there's an electrician guy walking in with like a yellow vest, and he's like, eh, "The power's gonna be out for yada yada yada." There he is. <laughs> goddamn nepotism. I know, right? <laughs> you're another. You've got another goddamn blue hyperlink family on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> that's how you God got into the right. entertainment industry. Exactly. That's how this thing be booming. <laughs> okay. I uphold my connections. And my number one. All right. Plays on TV a lot during the Christmas season. Oh, I know it. A Christmas story. Yeah, I love a Christmas story. Yeah. A Christmas story hits the notes perfectly for me, being both cynical about the season while also being a sen- an at-its-core sentimental movie. Mm-hmm. It does also, unfortunately, end on a lot of racism, but... Yeah. That's dunk. like the second-to-last scene. And you're like, no! You're like, can I just skip it? But it's like, it's at the end! But the thing is... I know the film backwards to front. I'm not sure I've ever actually watched it backwards to front. Like, I think I might just watch it, like, catch it halfway through, it gets all the way through, then watch until I get back to where I started. Okay. I thought you meant, like, yeah, I've never seen it backwards. I wonder what that would be like. It starts with a really it bad with racism, <laughs> But it goes uphill from there. It goes all the way uphill to... What is the first scene? The first, the first scene is the story. So the first scene is, I believe, it starts on the schoolyard, and I, I, I think it's the I the tongue freezing. I think it's tongue freezing. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah. Huh. But again, because that's a movie that almost no one watches in order, <laughs> it's and it's because of its nature. It's not a very Plot. It's all skits, pretty much, featuring the same cast yeah, of characters. It feels more like a, you know, a series of events that happen. So yeah. having to watch them in order isn't necessary, yeah. really. Yeah, it's, it's more of an experience. But yeah, I know all the quotes mm. for GLA. Must be Italian. <laughs> or uh, the meanest Santa. <laughs> in all of film history, bar maybe today's monster. That's how we're segueing. <laughs> we got here. We got to what you actually saw in the title. Yeah. Only well, took twenty minutes. Yep. So now we're done with our favorite Christmas movies. Let's go over what's still a pretty fun time. Yeah, I love horror and I love Christmas. So. I was in for a good time. Mix the two together and you get some Krampus. So, I guess we can start with, you know, we already got a little bit of initial thoughts, but I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I was going to. I knew I was going to like it. I knew I was going to like it, but what really sold me on it was it's a goofy kind of horror, yeah. which I kind of expected going in, but it was like, it kind of knew that and it had fun with it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't trying to think itself super seriously so it kind of fell into a little more comedic stuff at the initial thing it's like alright we're, we're gonna th- attack you with some snowmen and elves and shit <laughs> and, a, and a chaotic gingerbread man <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, that stuff was fun. And I think I had, a, I had a good old time with it. I'll probably watch it again closer to Christmas. Yeah. And I really like this movie. Are you looking at my erect hat? Uh, <laughs> yes, no one has like a big old... The Santa hat, I made it so it stands up. But, uh, yes. but yeah, so it's from a director of my favorite Halloween movie. Ooh, okay. Uh, Michael Doherty, who... Here's his... I don't know his full filmography, but I'll give the three movies I know him from. This, Krampus. Okay. Trick or Treat. Oh, okay. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It ties in, baby! Woo! Oh, shit. Same guy? Yeah. Oh, shit. It all ties together. I got a method to my madness, and I didn't forget who the director of Krampus was and only put that together as I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) Put a nice little Christmas present bow on this whole thing. Yeah. So, wow, that's... Is he going to make a, like, a, a, an Easter movie? <laughs> what about a Flag Day movie? <laughs> he, for years, Trick or Treat 2 has been in development hell. Oh, okay. I, I, I think Trick or Treat was a movie I found independently and then, like, I showed around the high school to pretty much everyone, right? I think so. I think we're going to be bringing it up. Yeah, because it's, oh, it's such a fun Halloween movie. It's so ghoulish. It's great. Again, maybe we'll cover it next like you year. Were, you were commenting on, this seems like a weird amount of child death for a movie. <laughs> and Trick or Treat 2, <laughs> Trick or Treat, I mean, also kills a lot of children. Dang. All right. This, Michael this... Doherty is very child-free and, pr- and proud of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so... Child-free? More like child-freed from this mortal coil. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, um, All right. But yeah, we got a lot of monsters in, we did. in campus. And yes. Those monsters did stuff, I think. They did a lot of stuff. But what did Christmas. that monster do? Brandon? Oh, they did a lot of stuff with lots of Christmas cheer. So as a side note, this movie really... I don't feel like it... Other than child death, they didn't really stretch the PG-13. Nah. But um, a lot of child death. So let me bring up all of the monsters that show up in this movie. So running through my list here, we have... <clears throat> I think the first one we see is Krampus themselves. But in silhouette. Yeah, in silhouette. He, you don't see much of him. He stays in silhouette for most of the film. Yes. And... Yeah. No, I'll, I'll get to Krampus at the end then, but just know he shows up first. Yeah. And then what shows up next is just... They're just a bunch of snowmen, but they don't attack them. It's just like a taunt thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the first enemy that actually appears and starts attacking people is the worm clown. Yeah, we don't really get to see it, though, first time. It just... Oh, burrows. Yeah, it bur- it's burrowed under the sand. Under the, uh, under the snow. snow. Yeah, so it's ground people. It's like this, like, you know, the, the snow's rising up. It's like a, you know, like a sandworm kind of thing. And it grabs people and brings them down. But we yeah. see him... Later in the movie, when they go to the attic, yeah, and it's fucking creepy. It's like, uh, do you know the wind up? Uh, you know, there's a wind up box like in the movie Elf and stuff, and you wind it up, and he goes, and a, a little clown pops up, and like, with, a like little, the court jester hat and stuff. Yeah, with the court jester hat, and he has, and they're on like a string, or like a spring, and they bounce up and down. So imagine, like one that is probably like four feet in diameter snake body. All of that coil, and it's got it's like and it has like an opening jaw, and it's like a creepy little demon, like big demon creature. It's fucking 
It's a really unique monster. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really spooky because... Um, and it looks very wet, which is gross. But I'm like, ew. So it's this creature that like devout, like swallows kids whole, and you can see them as lumps in his skin, in his like snake body, and it's like, oh, gross. It's kind of like in the movie Anaconda, when Owen Wilson gets swallowed. They then have a shot where he stretched out the anaconda so much, you see just an outline of <laughs> Owen Wilson in the anaconda. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so that happened. So that happened. Uh, so that's the, we call him Snake, the Worm Clown. That's a creature. In that same fight in the attic, they also get attacked by these, like, teddy bears with sharp, this teddy bear with sharp teeth that, like, rips into them and tries to attack them. And then there's a yeah. Just if you thought of, if you think of the term creepy teddy bear, that is it, it's exactly what you're imagining. Yeah, bigger teddy bear, sharp teeth. Yeah. And then there's um, the one that shows up in the least is the robot. There's like a little like Lego, like a little ro- metal robot constructed that has a pair of scissors yeah, and like, starts what stabbing. What are the name? Of, what are the name of Erector Set? It looks like an Erector Set kind of robot. Yeah. Like a little metal robot, it starts stabbing the guy with the scissors, and they throw him off, and he doesn't show up again. He's done. <laughs> like that's his. Yeah, they, they shoot him. Yeah, so that they kill him, the robot, and then there's the I think the creepiest one of the ones in the attic is the angel. Okay, that's like funny. the angel. Oh god, it's so fucking. It's like a. It has the wingspan of like imagine like a snow owl. Like it's got a big wingspan, like a like a big bird, and it flies down from the rafters and starts like. It looks like his talons. Yeah, and it's got like a big, it's got like a satanic thing on its forehead. Yeah, it's uh, it's a harpy, right? It looks like a harpy, but with yeah. angel wings. And it's ripping at someone's face, and like you get like a close-up angle of it, and it's like wings are flapping, and, and it wraps feathers. Christmas lights around Tony oh, Collette's yeah. neck and starts hanging her over yeah. after. It's fucking spooky. <laughs> So that's already also in the attic, and then I want to bring up the uh, the gingerbread men. <laughs> they look so tasty. Okay. Oh, I, I would eat them. I'd eat I them. would. The dog does. Yeah. But um, at one point there's like ginger, uh, you know, gingerbread men that have come to life and are like shooting nail guns at people and like catching them in fire and stuff. Yeah. So there's the goofiest. I think those are the most. I think that's the only real fully CG monster in the whole thing. Yeah, I think so too. Which I'll, I'll get into it when we get to the. Except the for end. when the when the fat boy takes a big old bite out of him, <laughs> yeah. and he looks so delicious. It looks so fluffy. I want to eat. Listen, if the if the creative team behind Krampus is listening to this episode, please get in contact with us. Send us whatever prop <laughs> cookies you were using. For the gingerbread man. I'm sure they're good six years later. Well, I'm sure they have a recipe. <laughs> I'm sure, like, they, they, whatever catering company made them, I want to take a bite out of the head. It looks so fluffy and tasty, okay? I like gingerbread. What we're saying is, if you ever want to capture Nolan, <laughs> pick a big old gingerbread guy on a hook and just wait. So anyways, um... So they show up for a bit. The elves, which... There's the elves, which are really creepy, because yeah. I'm glad they went with a different thing than I thought. What because, were you thinking they were going to go with? Uh, I thought it was going to be lazy. I thought it was going to be literally, oh, they're like guys in green, but they're like, ah, oh, I have sharp teeth, kind of like, yeah. the, like the teddy bear thing. It and looks it was, like a bunch of plague doctors from a renaissance fair. Yeah. <laughs> or like fucking like medieval cultists. 
Yeah. Where they're wearing like fucking like uh, like deer head bones on their heads and like fucking spooky little occultist creatures. God, I hate it. Well, I I like I love it, but I hate it from a creepy perspective when they're starting to show up and the. Uh, and the, the jack-in-the-box just oh, starts, starts clapping. Yeah, like, excitedly He's clapping. He's like, yay, back up. It's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, the elves creatures show up, and they're little, oh, the gross things. And then we have Krampus himself. Krampus is a great-looking monster. Like a creature. <laughs> he, he is a greatly designed monster. He has... I can start with his head. So, we always see this in, like, shadows. We just see in the outline... He's kind of hunched over like a hag, and he has just these massive goat horns that go over like halfway through his back, like like on top of his head, but go curl around like his back shape to like halfway through his back, under, above his back. So we've got his gross things and hooks, and we only see like, he has hoof feet at the start, you hear chains whenever he walks, and you know he's got the big old horns. But when... Later on in the movie, we get a full shot of Krampus as he's going through a chimney. And Jesus Christ. He, the weirdest part about him is he's got, like, you know, he's got chains wrapped around him. He's got a bit of red coatiness to him. Yeah. And he's got a bit of red coats, and he's got the goat feet, and they're clopping in. And he's got... The, the creepiest part about him is when I, when I saw the outline, I thought he was going to be, like, a demon-looking face. Yeah. He's got, like, a Santa-looking face. Like a Santa, like a has like a wax Santa doll that you've melted a little bit. Yeah, like it's a little. Oh, yeah, droopy. it's like it's like a mask on his face. It, like yeah. he's got a other like more in line with like his gross kind of grayish hands face underneath. Like what is this? Like, like this hard mask of a face. Yeah, it's gross. And yeah, his hands. He has like really long, thin fingers with long nails, <laughs> and it's like ew. But yeah, he's he's got a really long tongue. He he's a really he's a he's a really looking guy. Then there's we only see him for like a shot, but his reindeer were also Oh, they're like covered in bones. Yeah, they're like we they look a bit like small versions of you know in Attack of the Clones when you know where I'm going with this. When Anakin and Padme are hiding out. And, and they're around those like, those her- those like what are supposed to be like space cow kind of space yak maybe. I think those are nerfs. Are is that are those nerfs? Were they being nerf herders right there? Is that what a nerf is? I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm more Star Wars lore than you are. Yeah. I but know. yeah, so those thingies, that they look like small creepy versions <laughs> of those. Yeah, they're fun though. Yeah. So you got lots of bones. So the. The creatures in this movie are really fun, and I want to bring up going into special effects for a minute here. The special effects in this movie look really great. Yeah. There's only, as I brought up, only the gingerbread men are CG in the movie, like fully CG. I know the shot where Krampus is like jumping from like building like rooftop to rooftop that had to be CG, but thankfully they obscured it with like a thick blizzard above it, like around like Toho. These lame American <laughs> productions aren't willing to just put their actors in a big suit and throw them over a building and risk their lives for the shot. As we know, as all of us here know, and no recent news would ever disprove, 
Americans care about safety on sets. <laughs> oh no! Oh. oh my god! So that's really the only CG shot of Krampus in the movie. The rest of it is just a really good suit. Like it is, it looks great. I think the use of practical effects in the movie is great. Like all the monsters, other than the gingerbread men, are like fully like practical things. And I love that. I love like the when the angels flapping her wings. Like you see the little like that's a real thing that's there. And then and like when the cracking in the ceiling like that was really cracking. Like yeah, I think the use of minimal CG and lots of like practical effects really added a lot to this. Like in terms of the monster design, like the monsters and stuff. Okay, but so the thing is, Brandon, mm-hmm. I asked you to describe the monsters, and you just described the good guys of the story. You didn't describe the horrible family that had it coming, which we will in the next part of this after the commercial break. Woo-hoo. It's holiday time, and Beauregard cries, Hey, look, there's a snowman ringing our doorbell. And Elsie says, That's no snowman. It's Elmer with a surprise. Borden's eggnog. The extra special holiday drink. Mmm, Borden's. Very big on flavor. Wow, Borden's eggnog. Now we can have a party. Borden's eggnog is the delicious holiday treat the whole family loves. Right from the carton. It's made with lots of eggs, milk, and real sweet cream. Rich and creamy, better than the best milkshake you ever tasted. Mmm, Borden's. Very big on flavor. This is the only time of year you can get it. So ask Mom for Borden's eggnog today. So by Borden's, Borden's, very big on flavor. So yeah, we're going to talk about the story now. And otherwise known as, I hate every character in this and want them to die. Except for, like, little boy, little boy and based aunt. <laughs> yeah, they should have been the last ones alive. <laughs> I'm happy this movie had the balls to kill the baby. <laughs> they did, didn't they? Yeah. They didn't show it, but they sure as hell killed that baby. Yeah. Through implication, that baby's gone. Yeah. Which, it's a classic horror movie in the sense that, you know, that uh, a group of people are holed up in a house as the monster is attacking them and they slowly get picked off. But... Two thirds of the cast are children, and there again, everyone gets picked off in this movie. So I guess we can start with uh, the inciting event. Okay, so the first act of this movie is Home Alone. Yeah, it's a start. You know, it's a start of Home Alone where it's yeah. So bad you, family. This young boy who's into the Christmas spirit, named Max. Uh, his family. He's just getting shit upon by his family constantly. Like his. Parents are like, we're not doing Christmas stuff with you. We've got busy work to do. I'm in a business meeting. I'm a businessman. <laughs> There's no time for Christmas <laughs> in business land. <laughs> in the dad's defense, it does seem like we're on the Christmas Eve at the beginning of the movie, but we're like, the it's, 20 the, seconds. it's the 20th. That is a perfectly acceptable time to be taking a business call. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the vibe definitely is, 
I can't Christmas right now. I've got a business. <laughs> yes. Uh, so but yeah, that. then... The mom's uh, worried about the the family, the rest of the family coming over for Christmas time. The only one, the, the sisters being a bratty team, mm-hmm. uh, the only one being nice to the boy is his gr- German grandmother in who is telling him to, uh, you know, who's getting him to write his Christmas list, which mm-hmm. then comes back because during dinner with the with the horrible cousins, the yeehaws, yeah, the the Randy Quaid's. <laughs> the the co- cousin Eddie, yeah. The, yeah, basically the cousin Eddie. The cousin Eddie family, uh, they, the daughters from that group, uh, steal his Christmas list and read it out, and everyone's list. None of the parents are stopping this, no. as it's like, it's not like he's asking for toys or anything. It's like very personal, emotional. Yeah, it's like. Stuff. It's like they're all saying the Christmas at the, at the table. It's not even like the parents are gone and they're still there or something. The and parents are right there and reacting to yes, this. Because they're, they're, like, they're the fucking bratty girls reading the note. Like one of the, the And kids. it's like, it's I like, want mom and dad to fall in love again. <laughs> I want my sister to spend time with me. I want my fam, my, my cousins who are in poor di- financial situation to find some <laughs> prosperity. No one is stopping this. <laughs> And everyone should die. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing with I haven't I don't see I don't watch many horror movies, but I can tell from the start I'm like they're making a lot of these people kind of you know they're making a lot of these people feel like I don't care if you die. <laughs> yeah, uh, except for based on who is also bad, but she's bad in a fun way. She is every she's... it's the. It's the know. maid, I think. For, I've never seen an episode of Two and a Half Men. It is, the, it is the maid from Two and a Half Men. That's where you I'm have seen. From. I have seen a lot of Two and a Half Men. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>, buddy. <laughs> I watched from two and a, from it being Two and a Half Men to basically being Three Men because the kid was like an adult at that point. <laughs> oh god! You watched into the Ashton Kutcher seasons. <laughs> Maybe I don't know yet. But yeah, they kept the title Two and a Half Men. Even after the half men man left the show, is my understanding. I don't remember. We watch it. I watched a lot of it though. I don't know how long it got in. But anyways, so you know they had a crossover episode with CSI. I watched that episode. You did. I remember that. I was like, it was, like these a, it was an event thing where like the CSI crew of writers wrote a, a two and a half men episode. And the Two and a Half Men group wrote a CSI episode. I remember that. All of my knowledge of Two and a Half Men comes from Wikipedia. I've never seen an episode, but I have read extensively the Wikipedia article. Wow, way not to watch the necessary material for Grampus. (laughs) But yeah, the maid from Two and a Half Men is is this crotchety old aunt who's... Best character. Yeah, hard drinking, making fun of... uh, Making fun of the... um, the movie mom, the movie's mom, uh, for uh, being a try-hard uh, Martha Stewart Christmas type. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then the boy gets so angry, he rips up his Christmas note, releases it, and it goes whoosh, through a gust of wind into the moon where Krampus lives, I guess. And he implicitly wishes that his family would disappear. Made my family disappear. Oh, I made my, my family, family disappear. disappear. 
Okay, but yeah, so... And then it's just people being picked off for a while. It's very fun to watch them get them picked off. Yes, through very individual scenes you see like... Surprisingly enough, I was shocked. The the teenage daughter was the first one to go. Oh, yeah. I thought she was going to be around a lot longer. She was in like a good amount of the scenes before Krampus hit. Were you expecting survivors in this movie? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, okay, all right, all right. By the time at the end of the movie when it's just the one kid who can't drive in the car, I was like, okay, they're done. (laughs) But uh, before then, I was like, maybe. But uh, yeah, so the the teenage, so the big storm hits the next day. Power's out. You know, electricity's out, everything's out. So then what happens is the teenage girl was on, like, a Skype call, like, a meet, like a, a call with her boyfriend. She's like, I gotta check up on him, make sure he's doing okay. And she walks out and realize there's a fucking, like, is it a mail truck that's just frozen in place? Well, it's, no, it was like, I don't, I've seen this company's logo a bunch, but it was like, still? I don't know what still is. I think it was like a propane company or something. Maybe. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. So we saw that guy earlier in like thirty seconds, just delivering something to the house, and yeah. then he's just frozen like a popsicle. Oh yeah, and then Krampus attacks her with a little whiny music box, and she dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then other people go out to try to find her, and then they get attacked, and then they get attacked, and they're they they hole up it. They realize what's happening. They hole up in the house. The German grandmother tells a story of her childhood in a sequence I know you want to talk about. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I did not expect this in the movie. So when the grandma, the German grandma, talks about basically Krampus' backstory, where she talks about her experience as as a girl who accidentally also wished for Krampus to come. Krampus has got to leave this one family alone. (laughs) (laughs) He is a repeat offender of this household. Like, Crampy, they, they, they've learned their lesson. It's one family. No. You, you've been wiping this one family off the map. Stop, stop. This family's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, so it's actually, she brings up, she wants to talk about her story as a little girl when Kramp, her, uh, she actually wished for Krampus because times were hard in her village and the people would matter at each other. So she wished for, you know, she wished for stuff. She was for that to go away, and Krampus came in and killed her family. But the coolest thing about this is it's actually animated. It's like a, it's um, it's a, I can tell it's three D animation, but it feels like a stop motion short about uh, like a kind of a Tim Burtony or yeah. more like like a style. yeah. The little girl is made to look t- stop motion, and everyone else is made to look like shadow puppets. Which was a brilliant production idea. Yeah, because it would have because with three D production. It would be insane for this little... I think it's like a, just three minutes long. It's a pretty short yeah. one. It would be a lot for them to make individual like character designs and rigs for her mom and dad and everybody else in the crowd. So I thought it was a brilliant idea to have the more like wood like shadows yeah. that she kind of interacts with a little bit. Because that's a lot easier to make. But you know, she wishes for the Krampus and Krampus, big shadow of Krampus appears and he kills her entire family and she... He gives her a bell, like a big Krampus bell, to remind her what she like. You know, be careful what you wish for, kind of thing. Yeah. 
And then she was like, oh, oh. And then that's when we know that the kid brought Krampus into the brought Krampus to their house, and now he wants to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. So then it's the attic scene we talked about in depth. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's the cookie monsters are... Uh, yeah. Not the cookie monster, but but the gingerbread man monsters are uh, are picking people off. The fat kid goes first. Yeah, the fat kid, he, little Christmas cookie on a hook, and he takes a yeah. bite. Delicious looking cookie, and then he gets taken by gingerbread men and swooped up the chimney. And they try to get him back by going in the attic. Yeah, and that's where they they the reveal. Of oh the no, clown. they don't get they don't try and get him back by going in the attic. So the. Oh, it's the girl. The right? girls are the girls are uh, trying to find the bathroom. The twin girls, and they. Oh yeah. And then they start hearing the uh, the teenage sister's voice. Yeah. And then they're getting eaten up by uh, by the the snake thing when the rest of the family finds it. Like you just see the rest, of, like her boots and his mouth, and it just whoa, yeah. like finishes swallowing her. It's like, yeah. Jesus, they're fighting, they're fighting each other, like, he's got the, at this yeah. point, it's the redneck guy who's got the shotgun in the kitchen shooting the yeah. gingerbread men. Yeah, that, the family is like, then the house gets fucked, just... Oh, by the com- elves? Yeah, completely destroyed, and this is where the baby dies, and it raises a question for me, so, if you're in, like, a group of people who you know are doomed, and a baby is in them, mm. do you try and let the baby go as far as it can... Or do you kill? Make sure sacrifice the baby early. Here's my thought process. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Nolan, how far is a baby gonna get? Exactly. You're not, you're not giving him a good shot. No. Here's, <laughs> here's my. Here's my. You're not giving him a fair okay, chance trying so, to get the baby to leave. <laughs> I'm not saying get the baby to leave. I'm saying sacrifice the baby to the monsters. And here is here's my thought process. It'd be a lot more cruel to let the baby be the last to live, and then it just dies of fucking exposure. Give okay. the baby a swift death. I don't think whatever those elves did that baby was quick. I guess I mean, I'm assuming they just dropped him into the the, hell the hole. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, gonna. I mean, in that circumstance, I guess, but like. Oh, you'd be you'd be a really hard person. It'd be you know zombie apocalypse. You got a group of survivors. They got a baby, and you're like, listen, <laughs> let's put it to a vote. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, they actually do. They I thought the baby was gonna come back, and the kid was gonna save the baby. No, no baby gone. Dog dead off screen. Yeah, they kill the dog. They do not kill it on screen. But yeah, he, he, he I, I assume. The implication is he gets eaten by the, uh, by the... Yeah. The I think a little bus. bit of hair or something when you first yeah. see it come okay. out. Yeah. But they basically, they send the dog to die to go get the... Yeah, the that's bird. what you do to the baby! <laughs> <laughs> the baby is not going to put up a fair fight. I'm just saying, At least if the... it got down to the last member of a group... The dog could have a better chance than the baby would. So you got it. So if anything, the dog should have been prioritized over baby. <laughs> he told the baby to crawl up the vent to lure the worm out. Exactly. I, I thought we were pitching to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're pitching to these grieving parents who have already lost their other kids? Just send them up. Yeah. Just yeah. send them up the grave. <laughs> He'll put up a fair fight. 
Oh, he'll at least throw a couple swings before he goes. Okay, so in your mind, in your mind, it's about how well the baby could defend itself. So, like, are you saying? Are you well. saying if the Incredibles were in this situation, then it would be perfectly okay to let Jack Jack die of exposure because he could put up more of a fight. Jack Jack could turn on fire. He'd be fine. Could Jack Jack beat Krampus though? Okay. Let me this think. is a very dark Christmas episode. <laughs> Just like Krampus. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll answer that, then we'll get back on the plot. Um, I think Jack-Jack could take Krampus. I think Jack-Jack could take Krampus, because the elves would hold him over the pit, Yeah. and then he would turn into his mad demon self, and he would start pushing people into the pit. I think he has a, sh- I think he has a better shot than anybody else in this movie. That's my guess. That's what I Do thought. Do you think Jack-Jack has a better shot than anyone else in The Incredibles? <sighs> Okay, well he's a baby. <laughs> I think he could, I think he could beat Violet. I don't think Violet's making it as long as Jack Jack. No, Violet I think Violet <laughs> one of the best. She put a, a little bubble around Krampus and throw him in the pit. The whole point of this is which incredible is best at throwing Krampus in the hell pit. <laughs> so if, if Violet's up there, uh I think I think I think you think every incredible. I think every incredible could push Krampus into the hell pit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we are moving on. <laughs> so after the the elves break in, and we talk about the the worm I think ironically, Bob has the worst shot against <laughs> the Krampus. He's just, yeah, he's one guy. He can't really because if if they threw a last girl in the pit, she would just balloon out and just yeah. like like Mister Incredible's just strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if they took him down, he's done for. He's out. God. Okay. So, so. anyways, so yes, yeah, so the elves break into the house, and, and at this point, the family's got to make a mat. They've been making a plan for like going for a snowplow and like just trying to just out. drive as far as they can. Yeah. And they've got to make a mad dash for that snowplow now. Oh, yeah. The grandmother, uh, she stays in the house to and embraces Krampus, who then opens up a sack of more killer toys. Uh, that's where we get the full, like, what Krampus looks like entirely. Yeah. It's a great scene of him coming down the yeah. chimney. You see that the elves, when they first break into the house, blow out the chimney, or blow out the, the fire in the chimney so he can come down. <laughs> but anyways, then the, uh, the the jack-in-the-box is under the snow again, and it takes out pretty much everyone. Yeah, it's like, gone. gone. It's really funny, because the guy's like, go, save yourself! As in, like, uh, oh, I will... First it's the... What's the guy's name? The actor's name? Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott. He's like, go, guys! I can take... I can hold him off! And it's not like the, it's not like the worm clown needs to chew. <laughs> yeah. Like he'll suck you down, and he'll keep he'll keep moving forward. Like two seconds later, yeah. It's like gulp. Okay, but the thing is, if Tony Collette had just gotten in the fucking car, they could have made it out of there. Well, I mean, the snowplow didn't start, so they couldn't have made it out of there. Yeah. But. Still. But yeah, basically everybody's fighting. The parents get swallowed up by the worm clown. Yeah. It's just the the boy who caused it all and his and his cousin, the girl, in the car. And the elves come in. The car won't start. The, the snowplow. They grab the kids. Yeah. And the... 
we get a really cool, um, like, color design difference. <laughs> so much of this movie has been, like, blues. Like, lots of cool tones, lots of blues to really emphasize yeah. the blizzards and the storms. But then the final part, when Krampus is like, you see him sacrificing the people now? Yeah. Bright oranges, like, hellish oranges start appearing. Yeah. Instead, and, like, it's really cool, the difference. Yeah, and it's, it feels a lot to me like the vibe of of the island on Scooby-Doo, the live-action movie. I get the... I can see that. Okay, cool. Cool, I'm not crazy. So when the kid kicks Krampus and little Scrappy comes out. <laughs> but no, so then what happens is the boys give him the chance to go away as a survivor. He says... No, I want my family back. I take my wish back. And you think in a more good-natured movie. At this point, the Krampus would be like, you've learned the le- the true <laughs> meaning of Christmas. Christmas. But no, Krampus yeets him into the helmet. <laughs> he laughs. So the kid drops the bell into the into the snow. It fall like it's so something grabs it from underneath and like pulls the bell down. Yeah. And then Krampus laughs, grabs the kid by I think the head. Yeah. And then just drops him in the pit. And the kid goes, No! And you see him falling into hell. And then we and then, and then, then again yeah, the movie fucks with us. Cause it's like Yeah. So by the way, uh we were to mention, as the movie's going on, we see, as we just mentioned first, it takes place, I think, on like the twenty second at the start. And then you can see throughout the movie every once in a while, you see them like a little advent calendar opening the new day. Yeah. So now, then it was Christmas Eve. They open on the 24th and then we fade to white and then, yeah. Yeah. And then it, so the movie, like, I think like the first, after the opening montage, the first scene we get of the movie proper is the, is uh, a Christmas carol playing on the TV. Yes, where it says there'll be, you know, three spirits, like the old black one. And then the boy wakes up after being thrown in the hell pit, and you're like, oh, it's a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. A la A Christmas Carol's ending. Ah. But, and then he, like, goes down, he's celebrating Christmas, and he opens his present, and it's the Krampus bell. And the whole family, on a switch realizes it wasn't just a bad dream they had last night. Yeah, like it starts all nice and whimsical, very saturated, happy, and then like, yeah, once he opens it. And we zoom out. They're in a snow globe in Krampus's workshop, which is filled with filled with snow globes. Yeah. <laughs> what a great ending for this movie. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, this is good. I'm like, this is a really fun time. But then when that happened, I was like, is it good? I'm like, I, th- I hope it doesn't. I hope there's something else here. Yeah. And then it did. And I was like, yes. Leave out the spook. Yeah. Leave out the spookiness. I will, this won't make sense because the episode hasn't come out yet for you guys because it's coming out after Christmas. But it, his workshop looks like the BFG's workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it so much. It kind of does, yeah. I think the BFG stuff. came out after this, too. It did. The BFG ripped off Krampus. <laughs> yeah. My God, how could they? All right, By so... By the way, there's one yeah. thing, Nolan, so that's the plot of the movie. There's one yeah. thing, Nolan, that I'm wondering if you picked up on this, because I did, watching this. Okay. His parents are divorcing, right? 
think so. They I, had to be because I think they're having a rough. Time. No, no, no. Because I, they, I had to be because then in the scene where I think it's before the attic, they all meet up, right? Yeah. And they say, "I have to tell you something important." Yeah. And the 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 kids' parents have to tell um, the other parts of the adult family something important. Yeah. And we don't see it, but then it cuts to afterwards, and they're like. Just so you know, that's what's going on. Something like that. Okay, but that would be a weird time to be like, oh, by the hey, know, that's the thing. we're gonna die, by the way, divorce. I know, but there's multiple times like that before, though, where they're like, might as well watch some stuff before the iPod dies, the, the iPad dies. Yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. I don't think so it's happening, but that's I, fair. I think it may have happened in an earlier cut, and they cut that out of the movie. Because okay. there's little hints of it. But it doesn't really pay off. Okay, yeah. So I think that could have been something. Like, they were just alluding to it. But it maybe it was more explicit and they cut that part. But, right. yeah, so anyways, that was Krampus. That was the Krampus 2015. Yeah. And I would I would recommend this movie. Yeah, same. time. Uh, if you're a young person like us, don't watch it with your family because... I know if I tried to watch this as a Christmas movie with my parents, my dad would just get really mad at me. <laughs> this is not Christmas. Jesus, Nolan, you have to ruin Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> the opening scene's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like a Black Friday fucking mall with people yeah. like, 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 you know, stepping over employees trying to grab TVs and shit where it's... I don't remember what was playing, but it was some Christmas. God, I've got to work Black Friday... <laughs> Oh, Nolan. At Target. Oh. So, the good news, folks, is we're recording it before Black Friday, so Nolan will still be alive. <laughs> Post-humorously. <laughs> Nolan, okay, it's so okay, this is your last Christmas. Now it's time to move into our final segment. Yes. So, our final segment's going to be Make It Gritty. Uh, your final segment. So I rebelled against that idea, and... Yep. I'll say what my idea is after Brandon's pitch. All right. So, so my pitch here is called. So I'm gonna start with a. Tr- I'm gonna start with uh, the trailer of my of my how Krampus gets into the monster verse because that's what this segment's about for mine at least. So, my trailer starts with it's the song. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Where it's you know I'm dreaming of a white. Christmas and it, we start in on seeing Millie Bobby Brown looking, con, you know, inside a house, looking out the window, concerned about a strong snowfall that's happening. It's like a snowstorm. It's coming. This is legendary picture, so it is actually possible. These this legendary <laughs> call us if you like Brandon's pitch. Call us up. We will sell the rights. So, anyways, uh, starts in looking concerned about the strong snowfall outside her outside her house she's in, and we see the camera starts zooming out, and we see people frozen in their cars, wrapped Christmas presents, you know, in the side seat, like all this Christmassy imagery, all this snow, freezing cold, crazy, and then the camera continues to zoom out as we see that. A, the big sign encased in snow is Welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> the title is Godzilla, Krampus, and Sin City. <laughs> 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 so that happened. So now we give you the rundown of the actual movie. 
So Millie Bobby Brown is disappointed by her overworking dad. <laughs> she has to tag along on a business trip with him to Vegas. Is he doing more wolf science? Yes. They found a new type of wolf out in the desert. <laughs> so she has to travel on a business trip with him to Las Vegas on Christmas. She's so disappointed in this. With no Christmas spirit in the whole city. There's nothing. It's depressing. Her little sister, Lily Bobby Brown, (laughs) is eight and a firm Santa believer. So she writes a a nice letter to Santa and she's trying to maintain some Christmas cheer. Millie, Millie Brown, in her upset state, rips up her letter and tosses it into the wind. We cut to a massive ice block in Antarctica where a vague shape of a horned creature is encased within. The ice starts to crack. So he has some stuff, and later in the movie, Krampus makes his way to Vegas and starts wrecking shit. Being like, if I, you know, oh, if you hate Christmas, everybody's gonna die. So Krampus is, a, is fucking Godzilla size. He's fucking massive. So he's attacking Las Vegas. Things are fighting. So Godzilla shows up to fight Krampus, but Krampus is too powerful. With his evil, cynical Christmas powers, he clearly bests Godzilla, and Godzilla's on the ropes. And that's when Millie Brown realizes the best way to spread Christmas cheer is sing it loud for all to hear. (laughs) She interrupts a news broadcast covering the fight to get everyone to start singing a Christmas song. Santa is coming to town. Her dad is in the middle of a very important meeting <laughs> in Vegas. And he has to break, he has to leave the meeting in the middle. And the boss goes, if you leave that room right now, you'll never see another wolf again. And he goes, so be it. <laughs> Slams the door. He runs out to Millie Bobby Brown. And he starts singing the Christmas, or he sings the Christmas carols along with everybody else. The Christmas spirit comes to Vegas. All the lights of Vegas glow in candy cane stripes and Christmas, you know, green and red, beautiful lights. And we cut to Krampus celebrating his victory over Godzilla while in the background we see Godzilla slowly stand up behind him with new energy. What Christmas means to me starts to play. (laughs) By pentatonics? By Stevie Wonder. Okay. The Stevie good. Wonder one. He goes, I hate pentatonics. No, so it's much. not that one. Oh, and it's that song starts to play as, oh, starts playing on the strip because the strip is all like the, they're fighting on the Las Vegas strip. The strip is all like the speakers, they're all blaring this and it becomes diegetic music and it's swelling and Godzilla with his newfound power starts beating Krampus up handily kicking his his ass and as a final attack when he's got Krampus on the ropes we see Godzilla charge up his power and his spines start lighting up but instead they are red and green (laughs) the Christmas colors and he blasts a nuclear Christmas blast cutting Krampus entirely in half ending his reign Millie Bobby Brown says, wait, when the dust has settled and we're in the epilogue of the movie. Millie Brown goes, wait, 
How did Godzilla do that? He feeds off radiation. And then we see a sleigh outline on the full moon. <laughs> and a vague, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Snow continues to fall on Godzilla's face as he gives a little nod. Now understanding the true meaning of Christmas. The end. <laughs> All right. That's a good pitch. Now, my direction was I want to pitch make it Christmassy, in which I don't add Krampus to the to the uh, Toho universe, but I'm going to make a Godzilla Christmas special, which you did too. Okay. So, obviously, we start... We start with Christmas time. Exactly. <laughs> we start with that with with Christmas time is here. That's a long panning shot of a bunch of kaiju destroying a city, <laughs> having fun. Yeah. And in a corner, a dejected, sad Angiris sits. <gasps> no. <laughs> he is the Charlie Brown. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I think Godzilla's the Lucy. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to root for him, but we'll go on. <laughs> so, and he... And he's like... And he's just sitting alone. And... King Kong goes over to him. What's wrong, Anguirus? <laughs> Christmas has become too much about commercialism. He's like... Couldn't you just be normal and have fun, Angiris, you blockhead? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) And then Angiris, of course, realizes as Godzilla and Mothra are trying to put together the perfect Christmas pageant, they need a Christmas tree. And Angiris has to go find the perfect Christmas tree. It's gonna be a big one. <laughs> Mine's only a hundred feet tall. <laughs> he finds the littlest pine in all the woods. Oh, all he can find is the Rockefeller Center tree, which is not big <laughs> enough for them. <laughs> Damn. He's like, oh, I really goofed this one up. But then King Kong comes up to him and says, it's not about the tree, Angiris. It's what you've been saying all along. It's about the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yes. Do 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 Godzilla. Do 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 Godzilla. Rodan's a lot. It's the Schroeder. Do 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 do. I mean, not cut. Uh, I said Rodan's the Schroeder, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rodan's. The... Okay, who's King Ghidorah in this situation? I mean, ob- obviously, Hedora is Pigpen. Hedora is the straight laced one. <laughs> no, Pigpen is Hedora. <laughs> King Ghidorah is. Penny? Is King Ghidorah Snoopy? <laughs> Manila Snoopy. Manila Snoopy. <laughs> Manila Snoopy. Manila Snoopy. And the Ukonduru from Abira, Horror of the Deep, is, is Woodstock. The what? The, the giant condor from Abira. Oh, yeah. The Ukonduru. Oh, my goodness. 
So, yeah. Okay, so that's my pitch. <laughs> it says, a very Rodan Christmas. Um, <laughs> you're a good man in gear. You're a good <laughs> kaiju in gear. <laughs> All right. That's so this has been... Uh, this has been our little Christmas special. Yeah. So, um, probably going to upload this on a Thursday, just so, you know, around Christmas Eve. Yeah. So... I, I just want to say from from here at Podzilla King of the Casters, I wish everybody, wish we wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate this Chris, uh, this winter season. Hope you have a good time. Drink some eggnog, drink some cocoa, be with your family, do what you're going to do. So we appreciate you listening to us. What I say to all of you is... In the Christmas spirit, I didn't make any cum jokes, so, you know, except for now. Now I'm making a cum joke. <laughs> it's I made it to the end, end but uh, yeah, it's just like, we were going for so long and nothing was coming <laughs> out, and then a lot of cum jokes are coming out. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas, baby! <laughs> 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 <laughs>